your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, of course, we will be discussing the Avalanche third loss in a row. This time a 4-1 to loss to the Florida Panthers. And that opening day win against the Chicago Blackhawks seems like a long time ago right now. Uh, but the Avalanche did play better compared to the Washington Capitals game. I don't think there's any debate about that, but it's still not good enough. This team is still not where they need to be. So we will break it all down. But first things first, thank you for making this show your first listen of the day. If you are watching on YouTube right about now, I'm going to throw up that graphic and it is uh, the Locked On NHL logo, which is uh, Cody from Locked On Broncos and I are recording our shows pretty much at the same time, and we can't be in that account at the same time, so I'm using the Locked On NHL podcast, their graphics, <clears throat> which is why if you're watching on YouTube, you see uh, the Locked On NHL graphics instead of the Locked On Avalanche graphics, but it has my name and Twitter handle, which is all the same, so um and follow the show, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, if you guys got them, I know you do, send them to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And like I said, follow the show's YouTube channel at Locked on Avalanche over on YouTube. So the Avalanche lose, like I said, their third in a row, four to one to the Florida Panthers. This road trip is not going the way you want it to go. You have to salvage at least one win in this thing. And where do you got to go to do that? To Tampa Bay. Uh, And it's not like Tampa is tearing the world uh, on fire right now, but they are the defending champions. So, and they still have a good team. Uh, What is their record? I'm going to look up the record very quickly right now. Because I don't think they're getting off to the the a great start themselves, so I think you're going to have two teams here that are really trying to right the ship. Uh, Tampa right now is two and two. Are they playing as I'm recording? It does not look like it. So, are they playing tomorrow? No. So they'll be two and two heading into that game. Yeah, not not where they want to be either, obviously. So kind of a little bit of a struggle for them. So both of these teams have not started out the way that they want to start out, especially the Colorado Avalanche. You did after game one. Uh, and then game two, you fought back. You had that kick or lack thereof, however side you want to take on that with Tyson Jost. And then you went into Washington and played maybe the worst game I've seen an avalanche team play in quite some time. You follow that up with a much better effort in Florida, much better effort. I don't think there's any question about that. 
but it did seem like the avalanche kind of ran out of gas in the third. The second period was, that was, that was a track meet. That was back and forth. That was fun action to watch. Avalanche hit the post twice on the same shift. I think Miko Rantanen did it once. And then uh, Nathan McKinnon did it uh, the second time. They might've been switched on who did it first, who did it second, but they were buzzing around. And in the first, I thought the energy was good in the first, which they had none of that, none of it in the game against the Capitals. Uh, but I, I was happy with with how the Avs came out. And then it just seemed, after the second, it seemed to die down a little bit. I don't know if that that goal that Florida got with less than one minute, one minute to go in the second to make it three to one that you're not out of it clearly at that point. But I think that was such a, a disheartening goal for the avalanche going into the locker room two to one clearly is better than going in three to one, but because it happened so late in the period and, and, you know, <clears throat> I think a lot of people right now want to put more focus than necessary on the officiating for that game. I'm coming right up that that was, it was atrocious really bad on both sides. It seemed to affect the avalanche more. Why? Because the first one and icing should have been called were Gerard was, I don't remember who Gerard was skating with. Were they neck and neck? No, Gerard had at least a skate or two in front of the Panthers player and they didn't call icing. They waved it off. Gerard goes slamming into the boards of which he had to leave the game, which right then and there were like, here we go again, color, another Colorado Avalanche player. And, you know, an important one at that leaving the ice, he did come back, but that play finished because Gerard went flying into the boards guy from the Panthers collects it, throws it to a guy in front of the net and they get it past Johansson for their first goal of the game should have been. could you have called boarding on that? Sure. But icing should have been called. So the boarding should have never happened. Um, because he, he, he was, he had a step on him. They were not equal. If they are equal, fine. I I am, I'm more than willing to say like that, that was close enough. It wasn't close enough. He had a step on him. That is icing. So that's the first goal that shouldn't have, I don't want to say it shouldn't have counted that the Panthers shouldn't have even been in the, the mode to score that goal. They shouldn't have been in the position to score that goal. The second one is ridiculous. When Miko Rantanen is fighting with a, you know, for, for position against a Panthers defender and gets, you know, hit, his progress is impeded and kind of pushed into the goalie who is three feet outside of the paint. And he doesn't, he, he tries to avoid him. He hits him. He doesn't plow him over. Bobrovsky, I don't want to say he, he acted a little bit, but he kind of acted a little bit there. And, but it doesn't even matter if he acted how far out of the paint he was. And Rantanen's kind of getting pushed in his direction to call a pen, to call goalie interference on that is absolutely atrocious. And what makes it even worse is that the Panthers got a goal on that on the power play. 
horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And then later on, they don't call Gabe Landeskog for a penalty for checking a player into the boards. And then they, the Panthers didn't like how he checked their player in, into the board. So they tackle him. And so initially they had a Panthers player in the penalty box, rightly so. And out of nowhere, somehow they remove that player from the penalty box and then give Gabe Landeskog two minutes for boarding. I believe it was or roughing, roughing or boarding. I don't remember which one it was. So how did that turn? How did that change? How did it go from you kind of had the right call there to no call on the Panthers and then putting Landeskog in the penalty box? Nobody called the penalty on Landeskog when it happened. None of them. I didn't see it. So, and then that, that was with like four and a half minutes left, maybe a little bit more than that, but the avalanche had to kill a penalty and, and, and waste two minutes that, you know, they were still down three to one at the time. I mean, the game's not over. Clearly they, they, they weren't playing that well in the third, but look what happened against the St. Louis game. They had a penalty. They pulled the goalie. Now you got six on four, anything can happen, but uh, you know, the, the refs took that away, but I will say this, uh, this is not a problem for the refs, the avalanche need to get in, into a groove and a long sustained groove. They they're not playing well for 60 minutes. They're, they're playing well in spurts. Forget about the, the Washington game. Like I, I don't want to keep referencing that that was bad from start to finish. So we can kind of put that one away, throw it away. We're not going to make any reference to it other than it was the worst game of the season. Outside of that game, the avalanche are playing well in spots even the chicago game that they won chicago played very well in the second period in that game and the abs had to to fight to stay ahead uh so for for this is the same thing you came out good you tied it up late in the first with a a uh i think it was less than one minute left amico rantanen tied it up at one all's well and good second period back and forth Panthers get some calls and they 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 take advantage of them, and in the third, I don't know if the Avs just you know didn't have legs or what, but it it, it didn't it didn't do anything in the third. Uh, so that's where they stand. So um, we will let's let's get into the specifics of it. Who played well? Who didn't play well? Where things need to improve? Uh, but first we are going to hear from built bar and you know, built bar, you love built bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. They have so many delicious flavors to choose from such as coconut, salted caramel, strawberry cookies and cream, German chocolate. We just, uh, got an email saying there's a brand new blueberry muffin flavor available. So lots to choose from. And if you haven't tried them all, you can get a mixed box where you can get two, of each of nine flavors available. So not only are built bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein calories range from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs, amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And you can go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code locked 15 and you will get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is locked one five for 15% off at builtbar.com. 
All right, let's take a look at the stats for this game. Where are we? I think, you know, shots on goal again is a problem. And 38 shots on goal for the Panthers. And I thought Jonas Johansson getting his first start of the game played very well. Uh, he came up with some uh, some really good saves. Uh, the couple that he let in, uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, the, the one, the, the Gerard one uh, probably could have stopped that. I don't know if he stopped playing thinking it was going to be either icing or a penalty. I'll have to go back and watch it because I feel like he could have stopped that one. Um, but overall, I thought he played a very, very good game. And and he, this is a guy who could be taking advantage of uh, the injury to Francois. And, you know, are, are we looking at our future number two goalie right now in Johansson? If he keeps playing well, which overall, since his time coming over from Buffalo to Colorado, he, he's been a very solid backup goalie. Um, and I think that continued today. So <clears throat> for him, I, I thought he he played well. Uh, but again, you're giving up 38 shots on goal. And will this you know get better as year goes on? You would have to think so. And you keep going back to last year. The Avalanche were so good at holding teams under 20 shots on goal. So this is two games in a row. I think it was 40 uh, against the Capitals. And now it's 38 against the Panthers. So not good. 31 shots on goal for themselves. <clears throat> the power play, 0 for 3 for the Avalanche in the power play. Now, this was, like I said, the first game where the top three were back. The power play did look good in terms of they were able to set up and, you know, kind of get some good puck movement, get a couple good looks. Nathan McKinnon had a really good look and kind of sailed it wide. Uh, but I, I thought the power play in terms of, you know, efficiency in terms of having possession of the puck for periods of time during the power play was much better. There's nothing to show for it. You're, you know, 0 for 3. So I don't think they have a power play goal on the season yet. But it did look, uh, you know, a, a little bit better. And I, it's too good of a top power play unit for it to fail all season long. Uh, just give these guys, you know, I, I, that's probably it. You know, they had three opportunities in this game. So you'd have to think if, you know, they get one in Tampa, it should look pretty good. So, uh, but the, you know, the, the pluses and minuses, and again, that is, that's not always something that people hone in on and say like, well, you can, you can take a lot of information from that, but you can at least take some. And when you have a minus five game, and for Nathan McKinnon, you followed up with a minus two. And when you have a minus five game, and for Miko Rantanen, you followed up with a minus two. And then when you have a minus five game in your Kale McCarr, and you follow it up with a minus three. And when you're Gabe Landeskog coming back from your first game on two game suspension, and you're you come up with a minus two, none of that is good. <laughs> the only person that was plus was Ryan Murray. He was a plus one. <clears throat> so last game against 
the Capitals, Darren Helm led the team with a plus two. And now today, Ryan Murray leads the team with a plus one. Go figure. Uh, you know, again, that's that's not the end-all be-all stat, but you you can look at it and say, like, man, maybe again, minus seven in the last two games. Kale McCarr, minus eight in the last two games. And if you really want to get angry, go look at what Ryan uh, Graves is doing over in uh, New Jersey right now. Is he leading the league in plus minus already? I haven't looked up the stat, but I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah, I mean, but this is this is the early stages of the season. This is this is what happens. This is, guys get the the ugly crap out of the way, and once they start hitting their stride, all all these numbers will even out and everything will be okay. But for right now, you don't ever want to lose three games in a row. Avalanche are not known recently of doing that, of, of losing three games in a row. I think, wasn't it last year? It wasn't until, was it April where they, they finally lost two games in a row, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken? So this team is typically really good at following up a loss with a win. And they don't go on losing streaks of more than two games very often. So this is a three-game losing streak and fear of a four-game losing streak, knowing that you have to go into Tampa Bay. So that's where they're at right now. Um, we are going – Let me. T- I'm going to take a uh, another quick break, and then we'll talk about individual players who I think really stood out because there were some. And, and, you know, like I said, because this was a much better effort, there were guys that you can, you can look out there and say like, wow, that guy is playing very well. And such was the case for a handful of guys. I thought again, much better effort for the abs. Uh, and, and I'm not as angry as this loss as I was after the Washington one. And I know I just said, I wasn't going to mention the Washington one anymore, but I am, um, yeah, you, you had, you had anger after that game was like, what, like what? Did they do anything right in that game? But for this one, you're like, okay, th- this is a acceptable early season loss, in my opinion, for the Avs. Because the the effort was there. They tried hard. Uh, you know, you're working out the kinks. Just you could see it though. Like those pa- like there were some passes that were just not there yet. And that's been the case all season so far. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh and again, I'm not going to hone in on the refs. Jared Bednar is not going to hone in on them either. And he said kind of something similar to what I was thinking of, you know, we have we have things that we need to correct before we can start going after referees. It's not the ref's fault on, you know, why we can't, uh, you know, play better defense or, uh, you know, not have 38 shots on goal or not score on a power play or our passes are not on the tape and just a little bit off. Like that's not ref problems. So uh, he, he's right in that, and I agree with him. I agree with him. So let's hear from betonline.ag, back and better than ever, with a new interface for the start of the basketball season with more prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action. Head to the new updated desktop, desktop or mobile website, and sign up and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, baseball's postseason, the NHL, boxing, 
and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino, Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. That is betonline.ag. All right. So individual players who played well, who didn't play well. Uh, again, I'm going to keep singing his praises until I don't know I, I mean, what, what maybe if he moves up a spot in, in the lines, he goes from the fourth line to the third line. Logan O'Connor is playing some excellent, excellent hockey. Um, and again, had some really good opportunities out there. His time on ice went up a little bit um, to what was he? 11, 14. It's another minute or minute and a half or so. I'd say when he's out there, he's, he's great. He's great. I, I'm a little, I mean, when you're on that line, you're, you're kind of beholden to that line. But uh, Maltsev, who was up on the second line today, had less minutes than him. So, and who I thought played a, a good game. He had a really hard fought battle up against the boards, uh, kind of on a breakaway. I thought he held onto the puck a little bit. He didn't get a shot on net for that. And that one, he kind of skated past Bobrovsky and kind of like turned around to try to find someone to pass to when he should have put the puck on net. I don't know why he didn't there, but um, but I thought he had a good game. Again, I, another, I thought, solid game from Tyson Jost. I thought McKinnon played a much better game. Uh, he, I don't know if that first game, he just needed to get under his belt because he seemed, obviously, when you have a minus five, uh, that's a rough game. So, I, But overall, I did. I thought he played a lot better. He had some some better looks. He gets that head of steam, and sometimes I think he has tunnel vision because there were a couple times where he was flying down the center of the ice. Someone was kind of circling behind him. All he had to do was leave a drop pass, and whoever – I think one time it was Rantanen. uh, One time it – I think it was Byram actually looked – he had him, and he just puts his head down, and he goes for it. And people are going to clamp down on that. And and Florida has a good defense where they can do that. So they did. But again, I, I was much happier with how, how McKinnon played. No issues with him going forward, clearly. Sampo Ranta did not play a ton. But I, when he's out there, I just feel like he makes his presence felt. He doesn't do much with getting pucks on net. I'd like to see that a little bit more from him. Uh, but overall, he... He's he's always around the puck, and he's a big guy. So on anything, on a forecheck, on a backcheck, he can be a good – he's a good tool to have, especially on the forecheck. So if he can take that aspect of his game and move it towards winning those, those battles along the boards and in the corners and then facilitating and finding people that are coming down the slot or back out to the dots or whatever, like – once he puts those two things together, I think you're going to see Samparanta getting a lot more points in his uh, in his pocket with assists and things like that. Because I, I just like how he plays. Um, the defense they put Bowen Byram and Kale McCarr together for for the first time, so uh, which was fine. I think I, I Byram is just fun to watch, and like I said before, Kale McCarr is you know quickly becoming my favorite player. So. Um, 
I think that I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that going forward. Those two guys, all the defenders played. I mean, not equal minutes. McCarr played the most by far at 20, just over 24 minutes. Everybody else pretty much played the same minutes. So they are comfortable with those six guys with Jack Johnson, Bowen Byram, Eric Johnson, Kale McCarr, Ryan Murray, Sam Gerrard pretty much played even minutes. So I think that, you know, that is your defense. McDermott, not there, was noticeable. Was it not? Don't tell me it wasn't. And again, I I was, if you haven't listened to past shows, I was okay with the McDermott trade because I thought he could bring some, some grit to the team. But when, you know, your grit is, is nowhere near uh, number one, where it should be. And your defense is just, you're just letting guys go by you left and right. You're, you're a liability out there, at least for now. So they took him off. They had 12 forwards. Thank God. Instead of this 11 and seven stuff, it's just, uh, I don't know. Um, but it was definitely noticeable on the defensive end. It was better. This was, this was an incremental step. And I know that's not what Avalanche fans want to be hearing, especially when it's your fourth game into the season. Now, all right, now you got four games. You got four games in. You got your top three back. The only one you're really waiting on is Devon Taves. Maybe he's back for Tampa. I, I don't, he's still in a red sweater, but he's made the trip with them. Let's just say he's not there. You would have to think the game after that, he should be really close to coming back. But if he's the only one that you're waiting on, that's not the guy that you're going to wait on and just say like, okay, we got to wait for him and then we can really take off. No, you have everybody at your disposal with the exception of him where things should start trending in the right direction. And I, for one, after that performance against Florida, even though it was a four to one loss, they got an empty netter to make it look a little bit more ugly, but uh, you saw some improvement. And at this stage in the game, um, I think you're just looking for effort. And if all the other stuff come into play and and, and you, you have a, a good game, clearly that's what you want. But right now you're just working the kinks out. But time is running short for the Az because now if you lose four in a row, we've said this at the, before the season even started, the worst thing for the Az to do is get off to a, a slow start. Losing four in a row after you won the first one is a slow start. So if you can salvage one game on this three-game road trip and then you go back to Denver for, I'm not sure, I want to see how many games in a row you're going back there for, um, you know, you're, you're, in, you're in a good, you're in an okay position. When you have three road games, you want to win two out of three. If you win all three, clearly you want to do that. But uh, you you want to go two and one, not one and two, definitely not. Oh, and three. So they play the lightning and then they are home for one game against Vegas on the road at St. Louis back home for Minnesota. And that ends the month for the avalanche. So you got lightning. So you're away home, away home, and it's Tampa, Vegas, St. Louis, Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm encouraged by that performance. Uh, now we'll see if they can continue it 
and, and even go another step further against Tampa. And you can bet, you can bet the Avalanche are saying we cannot lose all three of these away games. We cannot do that. So I was pretty convinced you were going to see a good performance out of them right off the gate, and you did. Um, and it kind of just died down. It seemed like the, the tank started running empty after a little while. Uh, you're going to see what you saw in the, the opening stages of the game against Florida amped up even uh, another tick or two against Tampa. And they want to get off to a good start. They, they got to stop playing from behind. They ha- like they're, they're trailing a lot. The Avalanche aren't used to doing that. They're used to grabbing the lead early, maybe tacking on another goal or two, and then letting that defense take over. They haven't had the opportunity to do that this year. So let's see. That will be it. Uh, we, I think uh, Adam Denker and I from Locked on Lightning will be doing a crossover for Monday to talk about this Tampa Avalanche game over the weekend. So stay tuned for that on Monday. But that's going to be it for the week. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in, making this your first listen of the day. Definitely head on over to Locked on Fantasy Hockey to make that your second listen of the day. Scott Cullen, uh, he hosts the Fantasy Hockey Show. He's a, a master of everything fantasy hockey so if you have a fantasy hockey league and a fantasy hockey team and you need some updates definitely go check out uh, his show at locked on fantasy hockey because uh, a lot of content over there so thank you everyone for tuning in today and this week it is always appreciated uh, and if you want to go to apple and leave a five-star review please do that that always helps obviously so thanks for tuning in everybody we'll see you guys next week stay safe enjoy the weekend Go, abs, go.